Crime Town, USA, where all the residents are dead. We're about to be. Now, the idea here, people, is to only kill the bad guys. But nobody's perfect. Let's get together. I'll say it first. We all love our and it's time for kill me cast. Yeah, it's time for kill me cast. Welcome to Kilmercast. Here is your host, Francis Rizzo the Third. Thanks, Bernard. Welcome all the Val Pals out there listening to a somewhat new episode of Kilmercast, a point which I will explain in a moment. I'm your host, Francis Rizzo III, and I'm here to talk about the films of Val Kilmer, one of the most truly fascinating American film actors of the modern era. On this episode, we'll be checking out Kilmer's role as an FBI trainer in the 2004 thriller Mindhunters. Now, usually at this point, I would introduce the guests joining us, but this time we'll be joining our hosts. You see, the hardest part of podcasting is scheduling, and scheduling my guests for Mindhunters hasn't gone as hoped. So instead, my Canadian compatriots, Brendan and Nathan, of the movie podcast What Were They Thinking?, have graciously allowed me to share an episode of their series on where I was a guest, where we covered Mindhunters and the crossover of Marvel Cinematic Universe proportions. I may one day cover the film in traditional Kilmercast style with all the context bits and everything, but until then, I hope you enjoy this taste of what were they thinking and become a regular listener to their show. If you need any encouragement in that regard, I guess it's another Kilmer-centric episode for Batman Forever, and I'm looking forward to do more, as it's a genuinely good time chatting about movie with these guys. I'm also contractually required to mention that Brendan is sexy, which is just more reason to listen. So thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy this very different, partially Canadian, and very fun take on Mindhunters, and I'll see you on the other side. Uh, excuse me, can anybody anybody help me here? Mm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 here to pick up my my check. For mine hunters. Um, and who are you? I'm, I'm Val Kilmer. I was in the movie. No, you're Mind Hunters, the new series on Netflix. No, no. that it hasn't come no, out yet. No, that's singular. I'm, I'm assuming. Um, oh, okay. Hold uh, on. no, I'm. This is for Mind Hunters. Uh, I'm Val Kilmer. I was the, I was the, the the head instructor of the the team the, the leader if you will of these these FBI people who are in this movie I'm me I was in the movie I'm here to collect my uh, my my salary for this movie That's where I thought you were British Okay sorry Johnny no, Lee no, no, Miller No 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 Johnny Lee Miller Val Kilmer Okay that maybe they kind of rhyme a bit but Val Kilmer Okay. Uh, well, we've been watching the movie. I gotta say, first of all, it's, it's a fun ride. Oh, thanks. We've been yeah, enjoying it. Time. But uh, I've got some bad news for you. You're you're not in the movie. I mean, the tape kind of skipped a bit, but like we gotta go and whatever. It's fine. You're not in the movie yes. though. I mean, who are you? Come yes, on. I am. I'm 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 the I'm the FBI and I'm the instructor who's who set up the the simulation um, for these you know, these these FBI cadets to to learn to become profilers. Mm. Well, you're not LL Cool J. No, I'm Val Kilmer. Uh, I I was in Tombstone. Val. My, oh, are you? Oh, oh, Kurt Russell. You don't. You look no, a day over forty. Not Kurt Russell. I'm much taller. I'm Val Kilmer. I played Doc Holliday. I was in Top Gun. I was in Real Genius. I was in Top Secret. Val Kilmer. V A L Kilmer. 
I'm sorry, and these are movies? Yes. Huge hits. Okay. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Listen, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Val, Val, is it like, is it like Valerie or like Valhalla? Is it short for it's something? It's just, it's Val, Val, Val Kilmer. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, just give my check. Listen, Mr. Just, just take it easy. You, you, you go over, you go sit over there or whatever, Mr. Kalmer, and we'll, uh, we'll it's get that. It's Kilmer. I, I'm going to go, look, I'm, I am, I'm going to go, I am going to go sit uh, you would go get this straightened out. Do not make me have to get Carol from accounting on the phone. Val Kilmer! Damn Thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Balmer. It's Kilmer! <laughs> Next. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm here to collect my, my pay for Mindhunters. Mm, and who are you? <laughs> right. It's me. I'm Christian Slater. <laughs> Jack, you're looking younger these days. Why does everybody say that? <laughs> okay, well, Mister uh, Mister Taters, just uh, no, sit it's, next it's to Slater. Look, have you seen Cuffs? It's a great movie. Yeah, I, well, just just take a seat next to Cal. I'm sure everything will be worked out. Were you were you one of the extras? Did you did you get yeah, to I be was, in a I movie? Was, no, I'm not an extra. I was like I was like the leader of the group. Did were you were you on the screen? Did you make the final cut? This is worse than pump up the volume. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm on to pressure now. The question always comes back to me. Hello, this is a podcast. Well, well, we're not NPR in it right now, pal. Calm yourself. Uh, it's time for or the ex- low excite yourself. Haiku. Come on. Is it, wait, wait. My script's out of order. Just give me a second. Okay. Paper rustling, just, moving. Just a sec. Just a sec. Just a sec. Just <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a podcast, and it's called "What Were They Thinking?" Mm-hmm. And I'm Brendan. And I'm Nathan. And we talk about bad movies and questionable movies and everything in between. Mm. And uh, we, we I'm just going to tell you, over the next while, I mean, we're going to be away from it for a couple months. But over the next while, we have a lot of Patreon picks to go through. I'm very excited. This is another Patreon pick here. This is actually from Erica. Uh, Erica from the Customers Also Watch podcast. She gave us oh. this, uh, this little ditty. And I liked her last Nathan, I just realized just now... This is our fifth Rennie Harlan film. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It's, it's, it's no Fort Fairlane <laughs> or Deep Blue Sea, right? <laughs> but we have, we have with us today because our movie is Mind Hunters, which uh, stars in the title role Val Kilmer. <laughs> we have a Val Kilmer expert here with us today from uh, his own podcast, the Kilmer Cast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Francis Rizzo the Third. Hi, how's it going? From Banasher upon Hampton in the great country of England? You yeah. betcha. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're, well, I mean, I just want to say first off, I th- I had thought Val Kilmer was in more of this movie. <laughs> so when, I was expecting I, Val Kilmer to be more in this movie. 
<laughs> yeah, at this point, after doing Kilmer cast for quite a while now, every time I enter a movie with Val Kilmer, I expect him to kind of not be there after a little while. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, sometimes I get surprised and he shows up again. Yeah, he's like, we need to film it in order, and also I'm leaving halfway through the shoot. <laughs> so figure out how you're killing me. And don't touch my ponytail. <laughs> don't ever touch his ponytail. That's that's a, that's a war crime. Okay, so this is the thing. This movie says 2004, but I'm pretty sure it was set to be released the year before, and it was delayed for like at least a year. Yeah, there was a rights issue. I'm pretty sure I watched this in 2005. That's about when I watched it, like 15 mm. years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's the most recent time I watched it, guys, so this is going to go great. <laughs> uh, this movie, yeah, this movie had all kinds of production problems, uh, delays. I don't even, I, I didn't look into why. I think just it didn't get a good reaction from test audiences, and they just kept pushing it. Um, but the budget for this thing was $27 million. Uh, does anyone t- take a venture with all that being noted? How much this uh, movie scored at the box office? Ten million dollars. The fact that it was released at the box office surprises me a bit. Um, I would have figured it would have went right straight to video, considering it was a dimension film. So I'm going to say eight million. Wow, actually twenty-one million. Wow. What? So is that f- is that global? I think so. <laughs> so it <laughs> failed, but. Not uh, not astronomically, I guess. <laughs> not as hard mm. as we expected it. Yeah. So good job. You didn't suck as much as you could have, I guess. <laughs> um, let's get into this movie though. This is an outlaw production. I know Weed that. Weed Road. <laughs> Weed Road. Yeah. So many, <laughs> so many companies, which is always a good sign. You want to have yeah. as many logos as possible right at the top. That's when you know you're dealing with one, one mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One clear vision. <laughs> I'll say this: the uh, the opening credits, or like the the way they come across, and the font and everything, it, it made me think: was this on A and E? Because it looks like it not. It looks like it was made for like A and E or 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 TBS or something like that. Like it, it looks at first, anyways, like a like a real made for TV movie type thing. Yeah, it does have a very cheap look about it. Um, not as much as obviously, obviously a lot of the movies we talked about on this show, but <laughs> for for a movie with a budget of twenty seven million dollars, it does have kind of a cheap look to it. Hmm. Um, I was pretty surprised that there's no names at the beginning when you consider there are big names in this film, and they don't include any of them in the original titles. I, I think I think I think Rennie Harlan is like you know he's thinking like you're gonna get so invested in these characters um, and the the deep uh, nuances and the writing he doesn't want to distract you by you know ha- knowing the actors' names. <laughs> Don't want to throw you off. No, right? no, you, you, yeah. you're, you're not gonna think of Christian Slater anymore. You're gonna think of whatever the fuck his character's name is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might you might think of his character again or his name again because he's named the same as Heather's JD. Oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a reference because it's the exact same name. <laughs> well, we start off with uh, a, a woman, um, what looks to be a woman nearly drowning, um, and then mm. and then somebody else drowns. And it, we, turn, we find out later this is Catherine Morris's character who plays uh, Sarah, and this is her sister who drowned. So some mm. backstory right at the top. 
and she's sleeping in the car, which is very strange to do on the job. <laughs> and gets, it gets even stranger when we find out what exactly is happening in the scene, uh, because she has to be like a narcoleptic if she's falling asleep during what we find out is a training mission. <laughs> and that's just it, too. Like, I mean, like without the knowledge that it, this is like a, a, a training exercise, you're, you look at it and you're like, oh, it's uh, they're on a stakeout or they're canvassing for leads because they're talking about this, uh, you know, this killer that they're looking for. Yep. This is officers Christian Slater and Catherine Morris. And uh, uh, I think uh, agent gleaming the cube. <laughs> <laughs> if we think they think they're on a big stakeout. And uh, right away, there's some weird thing. Like, for some reason, we get the, like, horror shot where we look through the window and think that someone's coming up to the window. And then we see mm. Christian Slater, and he acts creepy for, like, 30 seconds just staring <laughs> at her through the window. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then he taps on the glass. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that misdirect is a bit odd right off the bat here. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about, you know, there's a there's a murder investigation. There's there's girls in the house. They think there are girls that have been killed. But then they hear them start screaming. Um, actually, before that, I want to note that <laughs> Christian Slater literally says, your turn. <laughs> Makes her go into the house by herself. <laughs> yeah. OK. And that was the right there. That was a red flag for me. I mean, if, if you're sending people out as, as partners, normally you're not knocking on doors alone. Yeah. Yeah, you don't normally uh, go back and forth. You don't want to split up in, a, in an investigation. <laughs> and they run in and find a whole lot of dead animals just strewn all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was very impressed by the FBI's budget for set decoration. Yeah, thank you. I wrote that down as well. I said they are spending way too much money on production design. Like the, <laughs> This is not an important aspect of this training. <laughs> no, and Which no. is weird because it's the, it's the Bush years. <laughs> right <laughs> cut that money where did he where did the cuts come from where did they yeah. come from we want to know <laughs> guys i'm just gonna make a bold statement i don't think george w bush should be president anymore <laughs> going on a limb there <laughs> and i know the political and, waters are really you know really heating up right now but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw <laughs> that out there hot take hot take <laughs> yeah i know sorry guys i don't want to get us canceled from age of radio um, and then they find like some dead bodies and they're like, oh, I guess the killer is already dead. But no, the killer pops nope. up out of nowhere and grabs Sarah like an RKO. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, he grabs Sarah and, and the worst gunplay ever. Like he stabs oh her God. and then Christian Slater and he are just shooting at each other like maniacs, which are, <laughs> I'm like, it, I still that up to this point. I still think this is a real scene. So I'm like, what is happening? And then, of course, everyone, quote unquote, dies. The lights come on and we find out it was all a simulation. I felt ripped off a little bit, which I'm going to tell you, when I first watched this movie, I legitimately thought that that's what was going to end up being the end game of this fucking movie. Oh, I yeah. At least I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't what happened at the end. Oh, you thought that the whole thing was a simulation? At, well, for the longest time, yeah. Considering mm-hmm. how one of the some of the characters die, that would have been amazing, right? <laughs> now you're talking special effects budget. <laughs> yeah, now you got you, you're sending in like Greg Nicotero and Tom Savini. Like, what is the FBI doing with? They, they've got way too much free time. <laughs> Stan Winston's on the pay- payroll at the FBI. <laughs> can we get can we get K and B effects in here? Like. <laughs> 
It's all a simulation, but uh, you know what isn't a simulation? Val Kilmer standing around eating cake. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a plate with a cake, with a piece of cake on it, and he's making gross mouth sounds. <laughs> Honestly, this is why we love Val Kilmer, because you know he's the only guy who can walk into a scene like this, eating a piece of cake, and just take over. You know, he has that charisma that he can do basically anything, at least at this point. Uh, you know, I was actually as watching this, and then I was watching MacGruber, and I was like, oh man, he, you know, this was kind of his prime, his post, like his second prime almost, because mm. you know, obviously his '80s was his massive prime. But in the in the two thousands, late two thousands, early two thousand tens, he really came into this like heavy role where he was playing real uh, tough guys, and it was a whole new world for him. But he still had that same fun energy, fun charisma that he brought to the roles. And I really, I I mean, when I saw him here, I was like, wow, I'm really excited about what's going to happen in this movie, <laughs> and all the screen time that he's going to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not know at the time. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just eating a piece of cake, and he's getting all mad because they f- they basically failed. He said, you know, this is he failed the simulation. And Val Kilmer, we learn, is a bit of a is a bit of a loose uh, loose cannon because he's doing these uh, simulations. He's doing this work that the 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 government doesn't really like him doing. He's going a little far, spending a little mm-hmm. too much money because God knows they have already spent all of it again on the production design. For the- these places <laughs> for this escape room yeah they yeah. can't have val <laughs> spending more money on training or maybe that is val that spent all that money on on production design <laughs> he's like he's like uh he's like stanley kubrick and he's like i know this needs to be authentic i want you to kill all of the animals the day before and put them in here i want the smell <laughs> yeah, between the the setup in the house and then you look at that headquarters where they have the next scene in the classroom the fbi is spending some serious money yeah, they they <laughs> they go to their I guess like post briefing uh, classroom session, and Val's just going on and on about how some of you did s- well and some of you not so much. I don't know wh- why they didn't combine these two scenes. It felt <laughs> like it was unnecessary to have two different uh, locations for this because you know it's basically the same idea. He he berates them first in the house, and then he berates them again in the classroom. It's almost like well, because the, isn't the classroom where he sets them up with their dossiers for what they're going to be doing this weekend? I guess, yeah, but you know, I still feel like it was kind of the same idea between the two scenes. They could have just done that over a voiceover. Yeah, or mm. cut from. Not even had the piece of cake scene. Just cut from that to the classroom. <laughs> whoa, oh, hold, whoa, on. Brandon, hold on, let's not hold say, on. let's not be nuts here. Okay. Well, he could have had the piece of cake in the classroom. <laughs> that would have been great if he had it in both spots. Great. Listen, the FBI is spending way too much money. I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help bring their budget down. <laughs> oh, if he had a piece of cake in both scenes and just kept eating it, that would have been awesome. <laughs> where he get the Where he get the cake? I would have loved if he had a piece of cake in his last appearance in the movie. <laughs> it's like that's our pal. Um, <laughs> cut to a bar with the most 2004 song of all time playing as uh we see that uh, you know what uh, you know what a bunch of fbi people do when they're uh, or fbi whatever do profilers. when they're uh, prof- well they're profilers. not profilers yet i think they're oh okay sorry profilers in training yeah yeah, yeah. well what do they yeah. what do these guys and gals do when they're not on the job well they go to the bar and see how many people they can profile correctly <laughs> <laughs> And you have all these things like, you know, they're checking out this girl. It's like, oh, she's got a J on her keychain. She's either a Jill or a Jen. And, uh, oh, she's looking at that guy. That means she's uh, that guy that's smoking. That means she just quit smoking and she's looking at that cigarette. 
Christian Slater makes a really weird offhand comment where he's like, he's talking like Patricia Velasquez, who plays Nicole, and he's like, your demons could fill this table. I'm surprised that any of, any of us could even sit here. I'm like, wow, geez, low blow, Christian Slater. Yeah, that's like, they're all having a little fun, and he's coming in with the heavy psychological damage to her. They're they're just like doing this for a while. The, the most hilarious part is they're like, oh, this guy's looking for a hot blonde. Oh, he kissed a guy. He's a gay man. We were wrong. Well, they were right about the blonde. Rennie Harlan knows how people talk Um, Very natural You you saw Ford Fairlane (laughs) I did (laughs) Let's not talk about that anymore (laughs) I will talk about that every day And twice on Sunday Thank you sir Booking my time off now (laughs) Uh, Bobby Bobby one of the guys is Bobby I don't remember the actor that plays him I think that's Eon Bailey. Is that that guy? Okay. I think that's how you say three it. Of, Eon Bailey. Three of the three of the actors kind of melded together for me. Oh, absolutely. When I was looking at the table, I was trying to figure out who's who because they said names, and I was like, that could be Rafe, that could be Lucas. That I mean, they, they all look the same <laughs> for the most part. Except like Christian Slater sticks out, Patricia Velasquez. You know, like just like a few here and there that I already know. But mm-hmm. other than that, Johnny Lee Miller. Um, it's pretty so much. I gotta. Okay, so I gotta ask about Johnny Lee Miller. What accent is Please he doing? Do. This is it, right? <laughs> um, it, it 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 sounds like he's trying to go for like this southern drawl, Texan or something like that. But there's mm. a guy sitting at the table with a British accent. <laughs> Why couldn't they just let him have his accent? I. My guess would be that southern serial killers are just a little more creepy oh spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) well we don't know which one they are that's right i spoiled it they could be all of them (laughs) no because and i actually must say it could be all of them because as we will talk about the plot doesn't make any sense at any point (laughs) everyone's a suspect (laughs) yeah no johnny lee i don't know what he's doing but you mentioned the southern drawl but sometimes guys it's not there at all no. no, it's it's not because like I love Johnny Lee Miller, man, but um this southern accent is no I would have rather his his Ferris Bueller accent from Hackers reappear <laughs> than this southern thing that he's trying to do. Yeah, I'll take Crash Override any day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but we do also uh meet Clifton Collins, who again the only reason I, I know it's Clifton. I know it's this character is because he's the only character that's in a wheelchair. Like the, he at least has something different from the other characters. Uh, I'd forgotten he was in this movie. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the wheelchair. When did you notice he was in a wheelchair? Because it didn't. I didn't get it until they were walking on the island. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Because when you see him later in the wheelchair for the first time, I thought he just found one and was having fun. <laughs> like I just I was like oh okay he's just goofing around and then when he never stood up I was like oh wait <laughs> I see what's happening <laughs> you'd think at that scene around the table where they're establishing them all as personalities you would maybe have somebody mention it <laughs> or see him leave in his chair like something yeah um, even when they had like that whole discussion about like uh where he read the uh he snuck and read Kilmer's dossier take on them as <laughs> dossiers or whatever yeah. no his uh, assessments that's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. his assessments of them uh saying that he Clifton Collins wasn't going to make it as a profiler um and then of course um 
not Anne Heche uh, wasn't going to make it as a uh, <laughs> as a profile yeah. either. Our, our main our main character uh, uh, Sarah, I think. Right. A, yeah. Yeah. Forgettable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they put the top star in the lead in the lead role. And it felt at that point that they he could have at least made some sort of like embittered argument about how he was being unfairly judged because he was in the wheelchair and that's why they weren't going to make him a profiler. Yeah. Something that would have brought attention to the fact that he was indeed in a wheelchair. Just so I know which character's which. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. They put a three pack and didn't separate them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does. Yeah. He, t- and he tells Sarah. Yeah. He tells Sarah they both, they're both not going to make it cut to, they're going to the, to the Island, to this Island with Val Kilmer for the weekend and of misfit toys, <laughs> misfit toys. That's right. And who should appear? Who wants a Charlie in the box? <laughs> he was the killer. <laughs> I would have loved that. <laughs> but, but you know, who does show up guys is, uh, veteran of this podcast, LL Cool J, who you may remember from Rollerball and Deep Blue Sea. Mm. Another Renny Harlan. Yep. My hat's yeah. like a shark fan. And I think he's playing the same character. Uh, but LL Cool J is, a, is a, an FBI uh, profiler, or he's a, he's a police officer. No, he's not. It, well, he's presented as a, uh, a Philadelphia police officer. Okay, because I thought they is... said he was a profiler from f- Philadelphia. That's why I was confused. No, he, he's a police profiler, not an FBI police profiler. Yeah, profiler. and the reason why he was going along is because, well, what he said anyways is that uh, he was going to get the, the extra training because somebody had pulled some strings for him so he could attend this training exercise with the uh, with the police, uh, for the police, rather, with the FBI. So he comes with them. They go onto the island. And again, uh, more another example of too much spent on the production budget on this island. <laughs> wow. There's, like, fake people everywhere and <laughs> just bullet holes riddled in all of these, uh, what I'm assuming are supposed to be innocent people. <laughs> like, they say that this is the training ground. And I'm oh, like, how many people we... did an awful job here? <laughs> because I was like, man... I, I, I looked at it and I was like, this reminds me of Nuketown from Call of Duty. <laughs> they arrive on the island. They uh, <laughs> Val gives them the rundown. There's a, there's a killer here. He's already killed two. He's going to grab his third victim. And uh, Christian Slater, you're going to be the head of the team. Again, I hadn't seen this in 15 Peace. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. <laughs> goodbye, for, goodbye to everyone. I'm leaving the movie. <laughs> I was very bummed at this point, I have to admit. <laughs> because I was like, wait, is that it? That's, That's it. all the Val Kilmer we get? That's all. Um, but Christian Slater is uh, the head of the team. And again, having not seen this in 15 years, I was like, oh, oh of course he's the lead. That makes sense. I, I was tricked. I was tricked into <laughs> believing that he was going to be got, the you main got, uh You got e- executive decisioned. <laughs> I did. But you know what? I would have been a lot happier in executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't get to watch Steven Seagal anymore. Oh. <laughs> um, we get a montage. A montage. A lot of cooking. Some Rubik's cubing. <laughs> While uh, LL Cool J is uh, solving a, a, a crossword puzzle with the last name, uh, I guess the cl- I guess Elba. So I guess the clue is actors. I wish I was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Christian Slater is just like, why would you even be assigned here? Like, what is your actual job? And LL Cool J is like, don't worry about that. We'll talk about that li- later in the movie. Because <laughs> this is where they start to profile each other. Mm. Yeah, all over the yeah. place. 
Yeah, if nobody else is around, no. you know, they're going to turn on each other. Which I will say, they go from highly trained FBI agents pursuing a career as criminal profilers to Lord of the fucking Flies in no time flat. Yeah, they, they- I mean... You have to think you're being watched if you're going out on an island like this to be trained. Like you're not going to just get to do this on your own. So yet they just go wild. They start, you know, I mean, pointing guns at each other. So many standoffs. So many standoffs in this movie of the Mexican variety. Yeah, (laughs) I gotta ask before we get really rolling. How did all the fucking cats get on this island? Who's feeding them? Right. Mm. It it is. It is an island that we are. Supposed to think that this is a, a, just a training ground for FBI and, well, actually the military, because Kilmer says that, that uh, he gets it for like one weekend of the year, like some weird divorced dad or something. <laughs> I was thinking and, it was like a timeshare. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so all these cats are there on the island. Jell-O and I'm cats. like, nobody lives there. No. So why are, how are these cats thriving? And I'm not talking, well, I'm saying cats so plural because there are several cats in this movie yeah because yeah. we see one dead cat and we're like oh it was just a random cat but then there's like six or seven other cats later in the movie and you're like wait what's going on maybe rennie yeah. harlan just likes cats oh, who could blame him yeah exactly <laughs> uh, maybe this was his shot at me he wanted to finally make that cats movie oh, he never got his chance shit genital cats yeah genital cats rennie genital harlan's cats, cats. Oh, I would watch the shit out of that. That would have been. I, I watched the hell out of the the actual one. I'd watch any, any cats. I, I love cats for this fucking podcast. <laughs> fucking greatest film ever made. But yeah, LL Cool J fires back at everyone, and he's like, "All this profiling thing you're doing, it's it's bullshit. I could profile you too. It's just surface level stuff." And he starts doing it back to them. And then we learn after seeing Christian Slater's butt, or I guess his double, whatever it was, um, we learn that he and Nicole, a.k.a. Patricia Velasquez, are having a little bit of an affair. But Mm. it's never really brought back. Like, that's kind of it. Like, it's not really... Well, I mean, they don't really get an opportunity to. Well, no, no, I know that. But it's weird that they even introduce that. Like, it's just a weird detail. (laughs) I guess they're like, Rennie Harlan's like, yeah, see, now the characters have characters, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all together in this, you know, this small space that they're sleeping in at night. Did nobody going to see that, that these two are in the shower together? I mean, it's not like, you know, it, nobody else took a shower <laughs> in this place. You know, they all were getting ready. No, everyone smells real bad. <laughs> and uh, and we, we see that Johnny Lee Miller and uh, and Sarah have a little bit of a connection as well. Um, <laughs> he's... Again, it's he all starts this... doing his best Tex impression. Oh, my God. And he's like, I was banging chicks and smoking and drinking, and then I turned 11. <laughs> then I turned 11. I actually have a note. When they went outside, it, it reminded me of the Ace uh, Chemical Plant from Batman. Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> I have to admit that gag made me laugh, the, the bit about the then I turned 11. I, I, it made me laugh. I mean, you know, I think part of it was the accent, sure, but, you know. <laughs> the accent is so strange. Um. Yeah, and has any and English actor done a good Southern accent? Oh well, Liam Neeson in Next of Kin. That is incorrect. Because <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm thinking of uh, Knives Out, and I'm Ooh. you know that's a great, terrible one. It's a great, terrible accent. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it definitely like an intentionally. It's a it's a Bizarre choice. Accent. It's a very conscious oh, yeah. choice of an accent. 
we soon get to our first little bit of, uh, oh, shit, something's going on. <laughs> because somehow Sarah is like, I think she's like brushing her teeth. But somehow she walked up to do that and walked right past the dead cat hanging out of the ceiling. Like because They she didn't tur- tell us that she has one dead eye and she can't see out of that side. <laughs> she turns on the light and it's just right there. And I'm like, girl, you had to. You didn't just wake up there, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and and then inside the cat, which has been like you know cut up or whatever, um, there's a little clock and it says ten o'clock. Also known as a watch. No, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a little clock though it doesn't look like a... it's a little clock that if you put it on a band you could put it on your wrist i don't know but it doesn't it doesn't have a band it looks like a little alarm clock it's a watch face you're a watch face you're a watch face Ooh. uh but it says 10 o'clock and uh and they're like oh no what does this mean oh well <laughs> just kind of move on better go about our daily business yep yeah um, they're going around, they're going around the, uh, the, the dead city, I guess. And like trying to like figure out their, cause they, they figure, okay, this is just the start of our, you know, our, our, um, investigation. We have to figure out. Mm-hmm. So they're like looking around and there's all these like funny lines. Like they go into a house and like dinner at Harris's house past the nuts. Cause Harris is Val Kilmer. We should know. We've just mm-hmm. been calling him Val Kilmer. Cause I mean, what the fuck <laughs> are we doing here? Yeah. He's, he's Val Kilmer. He's Val Kilmer. <laughs> Um, Clifton Collins, by the way, at some point earlier in the movie, when he was talking about how, um, Val Kilmer wasn't going to give them the job as a profiler and he said, because he lacks focus or whatever. And then Mm -hmm. in this scene, he literally, uh, LL Cool J is like, come help me do something. He's like, I'm on vacation. He's he's saying that because he he already knows that he's not getting the gig because he's read the dossier that says that he's not going to get the recommendation. I don't know. That being said, I've had the very same type of discussion with my youngest where it's like, yeah, you're right. I'm probably not going to recommend that you get this thing. But if you sit back and go, you know what? If you're not going to give it to me, I'm not going to do anything. That's not going to make me go, you know what? You're right. I should give you that thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that doesn't really speak to it. Like, if, if you were telling me, like, oh, I'm a hard worker. And then I'm like, okay, well, you didn't get this job. But maybe next time. But how about help me here? And you were like, no, nah, fuck that. <laughs> like, you didn't give it to me the last time. So I'm no longer a hard worker. <laughs> like, why do you think you didn't get that? Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you've got this guy who does these mind games with his students. You don't think that maybe he thought you might have looked in his files and he used that as like a little like, you know, test to see what you were going to do about it? Seems- it's a shame that he could not have been in the movie longer so that that could have been a thing. <laughs> he seems to be five steps ahead. Everyone's a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. Val Kilmer shows up later. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> well, I didn't say how he shows up. But they, I gotta ask, why did they bother with all the like the rotten food filled with bugs and maggots? Oh, just to gross people out, <laughs> to feed the cats. Yeah, that's how the cats are. <laughs> that's how the cats are living. I guess. Um, they do go into a store though and find a body strung up, and we find out that the killer is apparently calling himself the puppeteer. And uh, oh, we already knew that because Kilmer right told us that. Yeah, killer Kilmer. Hmm. <laughs> now we have an idea why he's the puppet, puppeteer, puppet master, whatever. It is. I feel that they should have called the 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 killer Rube Goldberg. Yes, because <laughs> well, explain why, Nathan. Wait before before we get into that though. Before we get into that part of it, so they are in this pl- this toy store now, and they find the first victim, and they argue about what to do next. 
this is their last mission before graduating this course. How do they not know what to do next in, Thank a, you. in an investigation? <laughs> How? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it does seem like some pretty lackadaisical training on, the, uh, on Quantico's part. Yeah, like if this is why they're not going to graduate, I understand now why Kilmer's not going to graduate them because they're terrible at their jobs. That's what I mean. None of these, none of these men are, none of these people are good profilers. <laughs> so they're they're standing around. It's about it's ten o'clock. Yeah, like the the little clock that was inside the cat's head, mm. also known as a watch. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and the, this music starts playing, and uh, Christian Slater. Uh, pushes back his hair and decides he's going to press stop on this boombox that's playing the music. He presses stop. It kicks open the speaker, which starts a literal domino effect uh, because we get this huge like domino chain up and there's marbles involved and things get cut and things get pushed over. And I'm just like, they're watching this the entire time. Seriously. Yeah, they're just okay, standing so this there. whole thing... It goes on for like a, it felt like a minute at least. Yeah. And they watch it and it comes down and finally it unleashes a a tank of liquid nitrogen, which (laughs) freezes Christian Slater and then he shatters like T-1000. Yeah. And they watch this whole thing. Not only that, but the spray of liquid nitrogen explodes his shin somehow. (laughs) <laughs> like, like explosively right. blows out his shins. Now, the other recently well, that's I had to, Harlan, baby. Yeah, <laughs> recently <laughs> I had to have a, uh, a wart taken care of, and I went to the dermatologist, and they used liquid nitrogen on it. And so I'm an expert in this field. And so, like, you know, they blew it. Uh, they put liquid nitrogen on my on my finger for, I'd say five minutes, and my fingers didn't explode. So <laughs> I don't know what's happening in this scene. So what, what is the idea not- here? Not only that, uh, but they watched this Rube Goldberg device go for like a minute. And nobody decided to like trace ahead of what was happening on this intricate yet uh, superfluous device and go, oh, hey, that tank, that's got liquid nitrogen. We should probably stand clear of that because that's going to factor into this. Had that happened, nobody would have died. Even if you didn't think it was the tank that was going to be the problem... I'm I'm not an FBI profiler. Oh. I, I know it's a surprise. I didn't go to Quantico. Oh, well, you can leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies. So if I'm hunting a serial killer and suddenly stuff starts Some, moving yes. around, I leave real quick. You get out of the room before <laughs> shit blows up. And also, like the nitrogen tank doesn't just collapse immediately. It's like so. Like you see that falling, get out of the way, or you know, reach out and catch it. Yeah. <laughs> they have no reaction speed so, at all. They just all stand so there. Christian Slater literally explodes. <laughs> he just breaks into pieces. Um, and I, I got to say, which is when I when I originally was watching the uh, when I first watched it way way back in the before time in the long long ago, I was like, okay, so it's it's not going to all be a simulation. <laughs> I was still hoping. I was still holding out hope. <laughs> they were going to put him back together like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was very impressed that they killed off one of their biggest stars right away, though. I mean, that that's not something this movie had to do, unless he, of course, had a, a hard out at day two. He had to get going. Arguably, he was on par with Kilmer as far as box office draw at this point. Mm-hmm. Because he was he was just, maybe he was coming, coming downhill. 
Um, but he was still had that kind of bad boy quality to him. He had been to rehab. He had been to jail. So he had some, like, at least some tabloid draw. So uh, of all the people who were in this movie, Val Kilmer to leave as early as he does, and for them to kill Christian Slater as early as they do, they do um, as they does, uh, I feel that uh, a lot of folks who went to see this movie were like, I don't really much care for this now. Well, I mean, he was he was on Alias. He was on The West Wing at that time. Right. So, you know, not doing bad. I mean, it was guest roles, but, you know, you don't get those guest roles if you're not a decent name. And, and Hard Rain happened, like, a few years before. So, I mean, that was out of people's minds. I was to say, that was, like, that was like 98 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next clue is uh, a watch that says 12 o'clock. And they're like, oh. Was it like a small clock? It was a small clock that you put on your wrist. <laughs> So they say, oh, something's going to happen at 12 o'clock. You know what? Fuck this. Let's get off the island. And I said, you know what? That's the first smart thing you said, movie. <laughs> but they go, they go, and trigger some, they, they walk past some, like, digital fucking tripwire, and their bo- the boat that's there blows the fuck up. And that's the thing. They're, they're heading for the docks, running for the docks to get on the boat, to get away. They just fucking leave Clifton Collins trying to get down the hill <laughs> up on the rocks I'm, I'm nobody assu- helps him <laughs> i'm assuming they're gonna come back they're gonna come back around <laughs> no they're not <laughs> still kind of a dick move maybe they think he's guilty right away <laughs> <laughs> so yeah th- that boat blows up and they're like you know what let's just go to that weapons locker that exists <laughs> <laughs> yeah because clifton collins takes a gun out of his butt Jesus Christ. That explosion when they boat blows up and they go flying is one of the worst CG shots I've ever seen. That's bad. It's, a, it's real they're bad. They're all going in different directions all at the same same time oh, at yeah. the camera. Oh, I love that shot. It feels like a mid-90s explosion. It does not feel 2004. Like, it looks no. really bad. Does it feel yes. $27 million worth? I feel like they. I feel like they could have got better for that for that price. <laughs> Don't forget, they they probably had like maybe legitimate ten million dollars to spend after they paid for Val Kilmer and Christian Slater. <laughs> More stupid ba- pitter patter back and forth. John Lee Miller is like at one point like he even has like a high school moment where he asks Sarah like, "Have you always had a thing for me?" I'm like, I don't care, movie. Why are we doing this? This is this is while she's hauling splinters out of his shoulder. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also have a great line from LL Cool J where he's like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Who's the next motherfucker to go? <laughs> gotta, display them, gotta display them skills, man. He's got the skills to pay the bills. He's got to show it, right? Yeah, That's but right. Is, is that as good a line as Vince's line? My gun goes where I go. <laughs> it's all, it, I don't know. I don't know. It, we get our first. I think if we get it. This is where we get our first big standoff, isn't it? We do. And by the way, I just want to <laughs> say the best line. My favorite line is still yet to come, and it's much later in the movie. But I'll just say okay. that. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have a first standoff because Johnny Lee is freaking out because he he went over to L, where LL Cool J is staying and found out he had a bunch of maps to the island, and he's like, "How do you all have all these maps? It's like you're planning something, huh? Or sorry, sorry, it's like you're planning something, huh?" <laughs> 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 and and they start like they all start like uh well they don't point guns yet i don't think or he point you know he does point his gun at ella cool j yep and uh but then all of a sudden they all start to get a little sleepy and everyone so the coffee was drab. which starts off by the way with the most <laughs> hilarious shot of ella cool j just falling down <laughs> just I, I, I did like everybody passes out at this point from the drugs and obviously we know the answer to this but 
Lucas is not in the room when the scene starts. Lucas, when they're all making, he comes in after. Lucas is Johnny Lee Miller. Thank you. Um, he comes in after the scene starts. After they've all drank the coffee, and yet he's one of the ones passing out. Nobody questions where he was at this point when everybody was worried that somebody else was somebody was the killer, but one guy is missing and nobody questions a that he's going to be killed or b that he's the killer. Nope. Again. These people are terrible at their job, and Val Kilmer is 100% right to not pass any of them. <laughs> no, because you know what happens? They all blame the black guy. You're an, they, they basically say, you're the outsider here, and I'm like, whoa, movie. <laughs> Calm down. with. Don't get any crazier with that, your terminology here. <laughs> I think that's not what they were going for. I know, but I just it's weird that he, the one person of color is <laughs> positioned as that guy. But they all get up, yeah, they all get up and... Um, Start blaming LL Cool J, and he's like, I didn't even make the coffee. Who made your coffee? And when he said, your boy Sherlock Holmes made the coffee, I was really hoping he was going to be pointing to Johnny Lee Miller. Wouldn't that have been <laughs> fucking brilliant? Yeah. That'd be great. Like a prophecy movie. That's what this thing is. I was really hoping. But it, but he was pointing to Rafe, so they're like, Rafe, you going to take this, man? You going you gonna to keep your head on a swivel about this? And he doesn't because it falls the fuck off. <laughs> But which is odd because at that point he legitimately could have put his head on a swivel. That's right. <laughs> and it just goes. It's just like a, a, a cr- like they push him back and his head just pops off backwards. And then we find out that all of his blood has been drained. And I'm yes. like, what? <laughs> no, no. So yeah, exactly. How? So at this point now we got one person who is passed who who was killed and drained of all their blood. We also had an opportunity where somebody was able to set up all those dominoes in the toy store. Have you ever set up dominoes? Yes, thank you. I <laughs> want to know how Johnny Lee Miller, spoiler alert, got got away in time to set up that absolutely ridiculously intricate Rube Goldberg device. Yeah. You know, at that point everybody was awake at night before this all happened. You know, there's no you know, there's no time for him to get away do all this stuff and then come back. I think LL Cool J was even outside watching what was going on and, and somehow he gets away with all this. And here's the thing. Even if he had gotten away at like three in the morning while everybody else was asleep, the amount of time that it would have taken him to set that up, get back to the barracks, go, pretend to go back to sleep, and then wake up. He should have been dragging ass all oh, day yeah. long. <laughs> And you know, with all these cats on the island, one of them would have knocked down the dominoes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's a good point. <laughs> Put anything that stands up on its edge on a table, a cat will knock it off. <laughs> True. Oh, preach. So we find out that LL Cool J has been sent in to uh, monitor Val Kilmer's character. Right. He's like IA for the federal government. Yeah. And still no one is buying that story. They're like, no, no, no. Where when's the next trap? Where is it? How are you doing this? Why are you the killer? Uh, what's and your this real is first where they name? Find the, they they find two little clocks, don't they? They do. Mm, yep. That you could put on your wrist. <laughs> yeah, they find two <laughs> wrist clocks, uh, and uh, and and they have Clifton Collins keeping an eye on LL Cool J. Even though I gotta say, now I'm not gonna I'm Actually, not gonna say anything. <laughs> I don't want to disparage people. But you have the one character in a... Do you think maybe they should have made the one character in a wheelchair watch the other guy? <laughs> well, they, they did lock him up. They, they they chained him to the wall, so... True, but I mean, if something goes wrong... 
<laughs> right. He's not going to get tired of sitting there. That's <laughs> true. Fair. Fair point. I thought it was interesting that they they okay so they they found two they found they they at this point they had found two singular uh, wrist clocks mm-hmm. and had and a lot of blood. Right, and deduced that okay we found one one person died we found two. We found another one. One person died. They found a pair. Now, arguing that, you know, using some sort of logic, that would tell me that the next set trap is designed to kill two people. Sounds right. That's yeah. what I would have thought. Yeah. Right? Are you sure you're not a profiler? Well, I mean, I at least would have gotten the recommendation from Val Kilmer. <laughs> um I found it rather odd that they decided, let's everybody split up into pairs. Yeah. Not a bright move. It's at it's at this point, or maybe it's even earlier, where this movie is just a slasher movie, and these are dumb teenagers. Oh yeah, yes. like they don't yeah. act like profilers; they just are bodies. They're just corpses waiting to get killed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so they're they're looking around. They're looking at all the <laughs> all these numbers that are written in Rafe's blood because all this blood was drained. Which again, this must have taken a long time. Uh, Again, he drained the body first and then wrote conservatively about mm, a thousand numbers on the glass of this thing. Now they, I, I, I will give them this. The, the, everybody was knocked out for about five hours, I think, because the, first, the second clock they found uh, that goes on your wrist uh, was set for noon. Mm-hmm. And that's when, uh, that's when Rafe would have died. But when they wake up, the next ones are set for like, it was like six or eight or something like that. Right. Yeah, and they speed up and, definitely. Yeah, and they're like, we've only got an hour and a half, so they they were they were drugged and knocked out for a long time. So eventually, I still don't think it was enough time for him to drain an entire body of all of its blood and then write about a thousand numbers on the wall. No, but it's and also set up this trap. <laughs> but it's close. <laughs> um, but they eventually decipher that the numbers, uh, the numbers that they find, are, are representing like light, like the speed of light. Uh, so yeah. they turn yes. off the light, and it turns out that everyone's jackets are like a like a hotel bedspread um, because they <laughs> <Yes>. use. <laughs> I was just like, well, someone the CSI lights to to see. Them. I was just like, someone got up and like just fucking started jerking it like all over the <laughs> back of their <laughs> coats. I would have given them credit if they actually used that as like <laughs> as the uh, the way this was done, because you know it's someone yeah. jizzed all over our clothes. What the? Fuck? <laughs> I'm not worried about a killer anymore. I think we just got a creep in our midst. <laughs> but yeah, they all have like different. They all have like different letters assigned to them on, on the back of their coats. Um, thank God they were all wearing coats, and no one you know wasn't wearing a shirt at the time. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> uh, but and and then yeah, and they all find that they have letters and. Um, Meanwhile, over where Clifton Collins is, uh, he he's he's watching LL Cool J, but then he sees like he hears someone down the hall, and a light panel just fucking falls, and he's like, "Hey, you know what's a good idea? Keep going towards that." Yeah, yeah. and he just keeps going forward, and all these light panels are falling, and then fucking water comes out, <laughs> and we're like, "Oh no, he's gonna get electrocuted!" So he's like climbing the pipes and everything, and LL Cool J's like, "Throw me your gun, trust me." I'll, I'll <laughs> throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. <laughs> throw, me, throw me the whip. Don't look at it. Don't look at the. Don't look at the water. 
<laughs> and eventually Clifton calls is like, oh, fuck it. And he throws him his gun. LL Cool J starts like shooting out the plaster in the wall. And he like makes a MacGyver rock wall. <laughs> gets in there and fucking turns off the, the electricity. And Clifton Collins is able to land safely on the ground. Uh, I mean, as safe as he can. Um, Which I'm going to say this. I know it's an old facility, but they make mention of breakers. Okay. I feel once all the electricity started getting the, the uh, over ramp from the electricity from all the live wires hitting the water, that those breakers would have hit themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever turned the microwave on and something else and then just pop? It would have blown the breaker. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, so he he, he throw, throw, shuts it off. And at that point, actually, guys, because I had forgotten everything about this movie, I actually thought here Clifton Collins might end up being the villain. I don't know why, but I thought yeah. this movie's dumb enough to have it be like, and then I'll just climb the pipes, and then uh, I'll expect LL Cool J <laughs> to save me, and just in the nick of time. Because I, I've seen movies like that where they go to such dumb lengths to make you think someone is uh, is innocent. And I just thought it wouldn't mm-hmm. be the stupidest thing if he ended up being the killer. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. actually, there were there were several parts in this movie where I thought the reveal was going to be that he wasn't wheelchair bound. Yeah, no, that too. I thought that maybe would happen because too. there's several times we see his legs kind of twitch, <laughs> and they, they they make a point to show it on the camera. Nobody notices it, mm-hmm. but they make a point to show it on camera. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I bet, I bet, I shouldn't have bet. <laughs> but I, and so that way, you know, I don't lose a whole bunch of money because that's not what ends up what being happened. But I would, I think, I might have respected it a bit more had that been the twist or the out, for the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when they left him up on the on the hill, I thought maybe and he, he had, was just dedicated to it. Yeah, waited behind, like pulled, like slowed up a bit and let them get onto the dock and blow up. I was like, and that didn't work for him. So now he's like, oh, I got to do some something else. Yeah. Um. We're making this movie better. We need to uh, get Rennie Harlan on the phone and say, we are, we have fixed your mistakes, sir. By the way, LL Cool J has plenty of experience uh, climbing around these pipes and everything while water is rushing in, and he did it mm. in a Rennie Harlan movie. So there you go. Yeah. So it's a sequel. Didn't have a jaunty parrot, though. No, he just had Clifton <laughs> Collins. So now everyone trusts LL Cool J. Um, they're, all, they're all good with him now because all, all it took was saving a life. And uh, I don't. Who's the dude that does this? He's like, I can Bobby. fix the water, Bobby. Okay. Yeah, Bobby. And Bobby's like, I can fix the water, and he starts turning the the wheel, and <laughs> lo and behold, these three like I don't know spears or something, just like jab harpoons. Harpoons. They just yeah, because when when they find the uh, when they go into the weapons cache, everybody starts loading up on guns, but there's also like there's also like spear guns and harpoons and stuff like that. Oh. I missed that. Yeah, they, yeah. they jab him in, like, the, the chest or whatever, and he's dead as fuck. So he's the next one. Gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then we next scene we show somebody um, thoroughly washing their hands uh, because they were taking care of this body. And my note here is I'd wash my hands of this movie, too. <laughs> uh, we also get a history lesson next because Clifton Collins is telling us about, like, there were these settlers from England that came to America and then they all disappeared and the only word left was Croatoan and that's the word that the letters on our jackets spell out. Isn't that interesting? You'd never heard of this before? 
I just I, I hmm. number one I had never heard of it, and number two I just didn't think it needed to be in this movie. Like I was like, what, what oh, are we doing? Yeah. Why, why is this happening? <laughs> well, I mean, the idea that everybody on the island is going to disappear without a trace. I guess. It's a stretch. It's a real right. stretch. <laughs> yeah, and it's also just like an unnecessary scene. No, it's padding like to the extreme. I mean, this really you could take this right out of the film and it would have no effect on anything. Well. I, I feel they did this so they could show just how super smart these super smart people are, even though they're not super smart at no. all. Well, we do get a super smart montage, uh, CSI style here, because montage. now they're looking they're looking on the black light, looking at the black light lettering. They're checking to see whose penis it's from. Uh, there's they find blood <laughs> under Rafe's nails, and they're like, "Oh, we get it. We get to match the blood. Everybody, everybody, give us your blood samples. We're gonna have this ready in an hour." And I'm like, "An hour?" Yeah. And, what is um, this fucking lens crafters just to remind everybody we did find a watch or a clock uh that, that was set to 90 minutes so we're up against it now at this we point are. we're all, we're up against a ticking clock for this entire movie like every every like 10 minutes there's a new like oh it's a ticking clock we only have 90 minutes we only have an hour we only have 45 minutes it's like okay <laughs> so we have a thrilling lab scene oh very much um, like the thing uh just yeah. as thrilling as the scene of the thing <laughs> just kidding i didn't fucking say that for real uh right is about the uh right about the time the results are about to come up uh everyone advises put your guns on the table so everybody's got to kind of put their guns on the table and of course clifton collins is like nah my gun goes with me wherever i go you're not getting my gun you'll get my chair before you get my gun And then LL Cool J doesn't LL, is LL Cool J doesn't he yeah. just he just bops him and takes his gun he kicks mm-hmm. his he kicks him backwards in his chair yeah <laughs> yeah like, take your chair too <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way I wanted to note earlier when LL Cool J does turn off the breaker box he takes the time to say lights out <laughs> that could have well, yeah, meant to get those that, cool action quips in that could have meant someone's death. <laughs> That, that hesitation, <laughs> that moment of hesitation could have resulted in Clifton Collins getting electrocuted and dying. Anyway, let's go back to this. The uh, the results come in, and it is uh, not Hillary Swank. <gasps> Sarah is the killer? <laughs> Grab your guns. It's time for another standoff. <laughs> yeah, so we find out Sarah, and everyone's freaking out, and like they get... I know that she's like the one they find like it's her blood or whatever, but holy shit, they are just like tossing her around the room and like smacking her into the ground. Like guys, she's unarmed now, like calm down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and, and Johnny Lee Miller is like, we don't know for sure that it's her. It can't be Sarah. And Patricia Velasquez is like, that's it. I'm leaving. I'm much safer on my own. <laughs> oh my God. I'm an FBI Before- profiler in training. Yeah. I'm going to leave this group and go by myself where there are traps everywhere. everywhere. Before that, Vince tells them why Sarah would have done it, mentioning her sister. Oh, Is that yeah. the first time we find out about the sister? That, to me, I think, because I, I knew I, at the beginning the drowning scene, but I didn't know what that was. And then yeah. when he mentions it here, I was like, oh, okay. But isn't that a little late in the game to oh. reveal this? What, an hour and 15 minutes in? <laughs> Seems kind of ridiculous that we have this major motivating factor for this character and we only discover it now, despite the fact that she almost drowned once in this film before and it wasn't mentioned. No. And they didn't, I can't, I, I can't remember and I'm certainly not watching it again. Um, <laughs> they didn't talk about it when Johnny Lee Miller was talking about, yeah, well, I was drinking, I was fighting, I was fucking, and then I turned 11. 
I don't think they so. didn't. It nope. didn't happen during that discussion. I don't think so. No, because I wrote down. I think this is the first time I've heard that this is her sister that drowned from the opening okay. of the film. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they're all in the room except for Nicole Patricia Velasquez. She's she's run out because again she's the smart one. She's going off on her own. Oh yeah, and she makes some great life decisions <laughs> right about here. Well, before that, we figure out what the killer is doing and he's preying off everyone's weaknesses because they're like skills. Everyone's got skills. We've all got skills. (laughs) And, um, and, and then they go, wait a minute, Nicole. And we remember a little scene earlier in the movie where she was trying to quit smoking. And Mm -hmm. what has she done? She's found a pack of cigarettes, a really not. There's no way that she could not have because every (laughs) cigarette machine that they have on the Island just starts popping out a pack of smokes. And she's like, Hmm, there's somebody trying to kill us all, and he's setting traps. Hmm, free pack of smoke. <laughs> yep. Start smoking. Have you guys ever used remote control cars or you know, or planes or anything like that? Yeah. yeah. The range of remote controls are not that far. <laughs> I think this was set on. I think these may have been set on a timer. Oh. <laughs> but he does specifically say later he, yeah, had, he used he used a little clock that you would fit on your wrist. He, but he does specifically say later that he had remote controls in his pocket that he was pressing. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it would stretch. <laughs> it's no. like it's Which, like the Wi-Fi. It's like the Wi-Fi and speed too. Like that's the same <laughs> thing we're working with here. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she picks up the cigarette and smokes it, and of course, it's like acid in front sp- of a bunch of like tanks. Yeah. yeah Did you notice that? that too? Like she had a smoke in front of like all of these like acetylene or uh, nitro tanks, like propane. Just, maybe I'm gonna. Yeah, it'll light up right in front of this highly flammable and explosive material. Yeah. Well, and the cigarette is too, because as she drops it, it eats its way through the ground. And I don't think that's how acid works either. Uh, no, I yeah, think, I think it would have really... eaten this. Wouldn't it have eaten the cigarette? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it wouldn't have eaten. And even if it if it hadn't, if it was weak enough, the, the the cigarette didn't dissolve in the packet. I don't think her inhaling it would have done the damage that it did. She might have gotten some pretty bad mouth ulcers, but that would have been about it. Oh, mm. The science here seems pretty apt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rennie Harlan. <laughs> Scientist. But she yeah, does. I mean, it tears right through her chest like nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, ki- <laughs> yeah. it kills her like in seconds. And she falls into the water, and then they come back. They're like, well, guys, Nicole's dead, so that's cool. <laughs> um <laughs> So anyway, and nobody seems probably... too upset about that. <laughs> no, nobody's that upset. Even Sarah, she's like, well, yeah, her boyfriend died first. So <laughs> <laughs> Sarah is just like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and uh, so then then we hear Val Kilmer's voice come over the loudspeakers. And we're like, there he is. There's I was Val. So, excited. He's back. so we think it's Val Killer. <laughs> Val Killer. That's right. Um, and he's like, you know, you'll you never you're never going to make it as a profiler. Just like some really unmotivated like non-motivational speaking um yeah. and uh, and they're going around they're going to try to find where it's coming from but not before ll cool j handcuffs clifton collins chair to the, the table because he doesn't want to go he's like i'm staying right here and he's like well then you're gonna stay here forever <laughs> and so he starts crawling he does it in in the morgue too doesn't he yeah and he crawls over he starts he starts crawling around. He takes Rafe's gun. Yeah. Rafe's yeah out of the and freezer. then takes the clip out and then puts the clip in his gun. Why just not take the fucking gun? Yeah. It's not his gun, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. He loves it. It's where his gun, gun goes, he goes. Yeah. <laughs> not where Rafe's gun goes. <laughs> 
yeah, he gets. We'll just say what happens to Clifton here first, because he gets Rafe's gun, uh, or he sorry, he takes the bullets out of Rafe, but the clip out of Rafe's gun puts it in his own gun because he goes nowhere without his gun, and he crawls his way out. Somebody closes the door on him, but he does manage to pop the door open. So again, why does that happen? Who knows? Who cares? He gets out. He gets into the elevator. He's like waiting for the elevator to get up. He starts to see someone come into view. Oh shit! He reaches his gun up to shoot, and it blows up in his face. Yeah. Because someone jimmied his gun to <laughs> shoot back. Which, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I don't know when that would have had happened. Yeah. I'm assume. Yeah, I'm assuming John Lee Miller was like, oh, hold up, guys. I just got to make a quick stop by Rafe's body. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It wasn't even... Was it the bullets or was it... Uh, was it his gun that did it? Well, they it did seemed like it was the gun. They did take his gun for a bit, didn't they? Yes, because LL Cool J kicked him in the chest and took it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe when they were standing there, he was just like had the gun behind his back and was just like tinkering with it. <laughs> well, we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to no. speculate as to yeah. how that could have we're, happened. We're so. we're we're doing things the screenwriter didn't. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he shoots himself in the face. <laughs> so LL Cool J notice also like besides Christian Slater and because we don't know that Val Kilmer is, you know, whatever yet besides Christian Slater, well, though, we do because this, the, the stuff that we're talking about is happening at exactly well, no, the no, same I'm, time. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I'm just saying like, just before this comes up, like just mm. before we see Val um, besides Christian Slater, they're killing the, the deaths are kind of in order of ascending star power. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like because clifton collins arguably is like more well known than i don't know like the first guy that died or the, the first guy after christian slater that dies or like you know the like rafe or whatever like i, I just because he <laughs> certainly would have had like the 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 uh what was it uh dirty grand theft auto san andreas he was also in the second boondog saints movie around this time hmm. oh clifton collins yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he was at least a name that people had heard of. I just thought it was, he was kind of on the rise, sort of. I thought it was funny because it's like, oh, we're down to Johnny Lee Miller, LL Cool J, and the lead <laughs> actress. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> but they go in. Um, they finally find the room where Val. They think they'll find Val Kilmer, and they do find Val Kilmer. However, he's hung up like a fucking puppet. Yep. A marionette, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the voices are recording. The voices are recording of like him being threatened by whoever the killer is oh and him berating the killer as uh, yeah but weirdly enough they don't even suspect that it's a recording even though they hear the message on a loop like there's a yeah. part where he repeats the same thing and they're just like we got to find him i'm like <laughs> guys <laughs> fbi profilers <laughs> yeah terrible at in, their jobs in training <laughs> in, in training oh sorry because when you were bottom in, of their class yeah. yeah bottom of the i think even bottom of your class you should you should have some basic common sense it would be a fun movie if they took this idea and made a comedy out of it where you had the worst profilers as the last guys left to work a serial killer case <laughs> will ferrell and john heater in mind hunters <laughs> guest starring john c riley <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Val Kilmer is dead as fuck. Mm. Um, and uh, and then after they discover that, uh, the, the, that stupid music starts playing again. Uh. And this time when they turn it off, though, there's no there's no uh, Rube Goldberg device that blows liquid nitrogen at them. Uh, right. But the power does go out like everywhere. Like the whole yeah. island goes out. 
And probably the creepiest part of this movie when Jake's body starts dancing. Like, oh, yeah. That's really <laughs> just gross. Like, it's, like, ah, it's like, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> so they're out in the street. Um, now, everyone's a suspect. They're all shooting at each other uh, because no one knows who to trust. And we see Johnny Miller get shot multiple times. And then the dumb, this is when the, I know the movie's dumb up to this point, but this is when it really crosses over because. Everyone who gets anytime a character gets someone else down, they act like a serial killer, like they mm, act yes. like they're the killer. Which is Smith my note throw. here is LL Kill J. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's supposed to throw us off, but it shouldn't. It doesn't make any sense in the movie. Like, why would so, LL Cool J stand over him and be like, "I got you now. I'm gonna find Sarah." <laughs> see now, see and that's the thing. As we're talking about this. The stuff that happened with Clifton Collins Jr. and this whole thing in the street where LL Cool J shoots Johnny Lee Miller, they're all happening at the same time, Mm -hmm. which leads us to a logistical problem as to when Clifton Collins uh, and his gun, like has his gun explode in his face because he sees who the killer is and he goes, you, and he tries to shoot him and kaboom, kablamo. I, yeah, who, yeah. Who did he shoot at? He tried to shoot at. Then. I wonder if he didn't really see who the killer was, though. Like, I, I know he saw but someone. But there was still somebody yeah. there, though. Well, though, but but even when when the elevator opens, Sarah's there, though. But so that's later the, on. I, yeah, right? but I mean, I think the movie there is like, ooh, is Sarah the killer? And I'm like, fucking Jesus Christ. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's there's some timeline issues. Oh yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. It's not the most tightly plotted film. <laughs> no. But LL Cool J finds Sarah, and they have a confrontation, and they start going after each other. And I'm like, oh, okay, movie, LL Cool J is the villain. Oh, wait, it's Sarah. Oh, wait, where's Johnny Lee Miller? <laughs> yeah, he shows up, and they have a kitchen fight. I only have that note because uh, I think LL Cool J does a kip-up. <laughs> I, I during the fight. I what I enjoyed most about this fight scene between LL Cool J and Johnny Lee Miller is the is the like wow wow with the wow with the bow bow, bow but the down but dang a dang ding That's great. This fucking score, and uh, and and Johnny and they they have a crazy fight. Um, they both cr- right yeah right after a crazy fight between LL Cool J and Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> like he beats the hell also, out of her. <laughs> Johnny Lee Miller has been shot, and even if he is wearing a bulletproof vest, he is gotta be hurting. Yeah. But they crash through, like the like the glass <laughs> roof of like I don't even know. Like, yeah, like it's I, crazy. I just it was like a greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, all I have here is stop the damn match. <laughs> I can't. You gotta stop it. He's got a family. <laughs> yeah, if you if you fall two stories through a glass you know window. Onto steel staircases with LL Cool J on top of you, you are dead. That, that's yeah. <laughs> Dennis Leary fell. Dennis Leary fell uh, just over a ledge onto some stairs in Judgment Night, and it killed him. And Emilio Estevez did not fall on him. Yes, but let me ask you this question: Were they wearing a bulletproof vest? <laughs> no. That also it, stops you from dying from falling too. <laughs> from having your back just crushed. <laughs> yeah. So Johnny Lee Miller gets up and he's like, oh, man, I'm so glad you found out LL Cool J was the bad guy and everything. Um, I totally wore this bulletproof vest. We can live happily ever after. Man, he was so evil. I'm totally the good guy. 
And and we find out that Sarah had a bit of a plan is that she set all the clocks behind by 15 minutes because she knows the weakness of the killer is that he has such precision and everything needs to be exact and timed to the letter. And she's like, so because all of us had that shit on our hand or because I put, I put the shit on the clock, like the, um, like the jizz that the was on their backs. That was on their back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the wait, 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 wait. Sarah jizzed on them. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's She's complicated. A it's a, it's a very progressive <laughs> film. Um, hey, look, you know what? DNA will show up regardless of whether it's semen or vaginal fluid. Okay, oh, okay. I'm just going to. Wow. I uh, never thought I'd hear the words vaginal fluid on this episode, but hey. Well, now that we have a profile. On this episode. Yeah, not the show. You, you I were suspecting w- to hear it at least one point on our podcast, oh, yeah, though, right? obviously. Okay. <laughs> one day. But, she, yeah, she, she smeared it. No, now I'm just thinking. <laughs> she smeared it. Smeared that vaginal fluid all over the all over the clock. <laughs> And whoever has it on their hands is obviously the one that put the clock back to what it should be. So she's checking LL Cool J's hands, and she's like, wait a second. Uh And then Johnny Lee Miller makes the stupidest mistake of just holding his hand up in the air being like, oops, you got me. Guess you got me, yeah. (laughs) Dude, just just play it off like you might have gotten away with it. (laughs) But yeah, we find out Johnny Lee Miller is indeed the killer. And, uh, and we find out that he killed his parents when he was a child. And mm-hmm. he said, and what happened? The officer gave me gum. So I thought, <laughs> I can get away with it. And I kept doing it. And I kept doing oh, it. Yes, and he, he compares it to like uh, to, to a drug high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it basically get a saw monologue at this point. Yeah. Because he's kind like, of. this is how I did everything. Flashback, flashback, flashback. Even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense at all. So they go out, they, they have their fight. Uh, so he starts, he takes Sarah and like starts to drown her in the water. And mm-hmm. she's like, wait a second, I'll just pretend to drown. <laughs> <laughs> Kicks him into the water. And then quite possibly, and I know this is tough, but this might be the stupidest part, is that they're both <laughs> in the water. This is the greatest moment ever, by the way. This is why this I own this movie. <laughs> They reach their arms. Out. By the way, they're shooting at each other. They have a in drowning the water. standoff. Just get to it. They have a drowning standoff. But they, but they. First of all, they shoot at each other in the water. I just want to mention that first. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah. And oh, it goes. Boom, boom. <laughs> it, like it, it's like the, which is, I will say this. I will credit this to this movie. There is uh, some physics in relation to that, that the bullets would actually be affected by the trajectory because of the water, which is oftentimes in movies never addressed. Yeah. You can shoot straight as an arrow underwater for some reason. Yep. They're both right near the surface. They both the lift best. their arms up with their guns pointed at each other <laughs> as a standoff. Be like, like periscopes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, whoever, whoever needs air first is going to get shot. And I, I'll, I gotta say this, in, in, impressive on not Anne Hache's part, because she is already been under the water considerably longer yes. than uh, Sherlock Holmes, and he is the one who needs the air before her. Yep, and she was being choked also. Yeah, exactly. He pops up and uh, she shoots him in the chest. They both get out of the water. He's still alive, <laughs> and she's gonna arrest him. Uh, but then. Uh, <laughs> What does he? What I forget what he does. He like reaches for the gun or oh no, LL Cool J shows up and like throws the throws the watch and he's like, no, I need my watch. And then they shoot him in the head and it's over. He turns to fall in. 
Mm. He shoot. They shoot him, and he like he he stands up stands up a little bit, and you expect him just to kind of fall over, uh, given the fact that he's been shot dead now. Mm. But no, the next shot is him falling over into the water, which is like he he did like a, a ninety degree turn and then fell in the water, uh, which I I felt was just the most unbelievable part of this movie. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that this is if any if this movie committed any crimes it's just this scene and and he has LL Cool J has uh is it LL Cool J or is it is it Sarah that has the most look at Homer Simpson esque line this is it where he's like I get, yeah thank you you go ahead then if it's your favorite line oh <laughs> well okay <laughs> he said well I'll give it to they you were, they were talking about everybody's weaknesses earlier right so he's yeah. like. I guess we found out his weakness. weakness. Bullets. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Everybody's weakness. <laughs> also, he also says to Sarah, because she knocked him out earlier, he says, good thing you hit like a girl. <laughs> All right. Thanks, I guess. That's that. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and yeah, when he says, when he says, I guess we found it his weakness bullets, I wrote down and that's why you never became an FBI profiler (laughs) 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 guys. Guess what? This, this, this killer, I bet you, I know how we can get him. Oh, you have a lead. Yep. I have this gun and it's got bullets in it. I feel like if we put it into his head, he'll stop murdering. Looking back at it, I'm trying to figure out the timeline. I shouldn't do this. It's a waste of time. But trying to figure out the timeline because we see that Val Kilmer and the FBI agents are watching on cameras, right? They are in that secure booth wherever they are. Yes. When did when did Lucas, you know, Johnny Lee Miller, set up all the things that happened without being seen? Or did they kill Kilmer first and then go and do all that? My... The only way it works is if he kills Kilmer first. Killed Mer. <laughs> Killed Mer first, yes. <laughs> Which still does it doesn't it doesn't help. Like that doesn't still doesn't leaves a lot of logical gaps. But <laughs> we we see Johnny Lee Miller in bed the night the dominoes are set up. Yeah. Like he's there. Yeah. <laughs> so what it doesn't make any uh I think we well uh, guys, we forgot to watch the deleted scenes. He's actually it's actually an alien wearing a Johnny Lee Miller suit. <laughs> Um, and he just left his Johnny Lee Miller suit there. That's what we see in the bed. Now it I makes sense. My biggest, my biggest question about this uh, actually arose from the credits, uh, in that I saw that one of the writers was uh, Wayne Kramer, brother Wayne Kramer, the, the cooler. Oh, I was gonna say the dude from MC Five. Oh, I actually know Wayne Kramer. I actually know some stuff that he's that he's done. I, I actually—that's why I was shocked to see his name. Oh, no, I'm thinking about it. He, I don't think it's the same Wayne Kramer. That I'm yeah, thinking yeah. Of. <laughs> no, he did a great movie uh, called The Cooler with uh, yeah. Alec Baldwin and William H Macy, and he also did uh, Running Scared with Paul Walker. So this film was had an uncredited rewrite by Aaron Kruger. I really would love to see what it was like before he got his hands on it because what was this plot like? I mean, he he's a pretty good writer, Aaron Kruger, and to see what this movie would have been before he wrote rewrote it, oh, what a mess it must have been. <laughs> he must have been like, guys, you can't have everyone be the killer at the end. We need to change that <laughs> twist. <laughs> also, how is uh how is Lucas's character supposed to be there at the elevator? 
uh, when he's supposed to be shot dead. <laughs> then they're like, no, no, you got to leave that part in. I just want to talk a bit about some alternate casting that ha- almost happened. I don't know if you're aware really? of this. Yeah, so originally uh, Johnny Lee Miller's character, first uh, it was offered to Ger- Gerald Butler, <laughs> which makes... Gerard Butler? Doing yeah, a Gerard southern Butler. accent? Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, oh. that would have been amazing. <laughs> and, and then considering it was, how well he did in Saw: Abiding Punisher, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> then it was offered to Ryan Felipe. <laughs> I could see that <laughs> he, he turned it down, and then it ended up with Johnny Miller. And then part of the Ryan Felipe offer was that the Sarah Moore ca- character would have been played by Reese Witherspoon. Hmm. I could see that. I certainly would have been. I wouldn't have not have. Been spending this entire episode calling her not Anne Heche or <laughs> see that would have been another that would have been another like star too in this movie. Oh yeah, and uh, Val Kilmer was the last of four choices for his character. Let me guess: Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and Oscar Isaac. Uh, oh for three. First up was Christopher Walken. <laughs> then it was Martin Sheen. Okay. And then okay. Gary Busey. Wait, what? <laughs> not not Ullman, Busey. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine Gary Busey eating cake at the first of this movie? No, he would have yes, yes. eaten a full cake. It would have been a handful. <laughs> you all failed. <laughs> you got to be smart. You got to be smart like me. <laughs> You're only going to be profilers. Got to be profilers. <laughs> You gotta look at every clue. Every clue. Ah. <laughs> you guys like Buddy Holly? <laughs> you ever think about hobbits? Hey, hey, Gary, we're gonna start shooting now, okay? Shooting what? <laughs> Shoot, shooting what? I don't do that anymore. Not since the 70s. <laughs> let's go around the horn, though. Let's say, uh, let's see if um, any of us will recommend this movie. Uh, Francis, what do you say? What do you think? Should people watch this uh, film? No, but if you can find the shootout scene from the end on YouTube. Definitely watch the shootout scene. <laughs> yeah, like Nathan it's, said, it's the, the, the drowning uh, standoff. Yes. Yes. Nathan, what are you, what are you like saying it. about this uh, film? No, not at all. This is this movie is is relegated to the forgettable pile. Don't bother. Yeah. I, I will. I will also say as well. If this had pushed more, in, I mean, it was ridiculous and dumb. But if it had pushed more into that, like I was kind of entertained at times with how stupid it was. Um, but it didn't push it hard enough to get a full like recommend <laughs> recommend in that regard. Uh, <laughs> on that note, we are going to take a brief break, and we will be right back. What were they thinking? This episode is brought to you by Maybelline Green Edition, a tinted face oil that feels and looks like your skin, and its ingredients are up to 70% natural origin. Might be hard to believe, but it's true. And the Super Drop Tinted Oil is only one part of Maybelline's Green Edition. The formulas are vegan, with no animal-derived ingredients, while still being high-performing. So you still get the look you love. Shop and learn what Green Edition means at Maybelline.com slash Green Edition. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. What does Saks.com have for your summer vacation? The best beach house host gifts for Mackenzie Childs and pool toys for the kids. Saks.com even has workout gear for sunrise beach walks. And for sunset happy hour, there are Baccarat cocktail glasses and Zimmerman dresses. You'll always find curated shops for the best summer items. Plus, there's free shipping and free returns every day at Saks.com. 
What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? And we're back, and uh, uh, it's time to uh, get poetic here on What Were They Thinking. Yes. Yes. It's time for the... Low haiku. What is the low haiku, Nathan? Well, the low haiku, Brendan, is 17 perfect syllables to describe a fairly forgettable movie that we've been talking about for about an hour and a half. So, uh, as our guest, Francis, would you uh, like to start with your low haiku? Absolutely. I would absolutely love to give my low haiku. Can we have more Val? No. He had some other plans. Here's LL Cool J. Very good, very good. <clears throat> All right, I'll read my haiku here. <clears throat> so the question is, who caused this criminal act? Who greenlit this shit? Thank you. Nathan, take the floor. <clears throat> How do you mind hunt? Johnny Lee Miller's accent. A drowning standoff. <gasps> and we're out. We're out. Ah. Yes, we're out. <laughs> oh. Boot. Oh. Mm. Boot. Ah. Boot in a boot. Boot in a boot. Because hey. we're Canadian, eh? But Nathan, uh, we Nathan, we talk about this movie, but what do we always say? Well, I'll tell you what there, eh? We always say, uh... saying what is rotten tomatoes saying for this movie nathan oof the critics mm. uh gave it 24 percent. so quarter of the critics liked it enough to pass however the audience were a tad more forgiving oh. uh, at 57 percent almost almost fresh that's kind of wild <laughs> well fandom right <laughs> and I'll tell you that uh, from doing Kilmer cast that the vast majority of the films have that kind of split where the r- critic reviews are well low and the audience reviews are well high. And it's always, I love Al Kilmer. I'll watch him in anything, basically. Yeah. As as much of Kilmer as you can grab, mm-hmm. which is in this movie, not so much. Uh, <laughs> so let's go through some of these critics here. So our, uh, Richard Roper um the the critic that really made it big out of the chicago scene um he says uh (laughs) it was supposed to open in the spring of 2003 but they kept pushing back the release date they should have kept pushing (laughs) (laughs) well uh our late great friend of the podcast 
Ken Hankey from the Mountain Express, Nashville, North Carolina. Uh, he wrote in 2005 that the question is supposed to be, who is the killer? The question that actually emerges, though, is, why should we care? <laughs> uh, Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle wrote, as effective as a movie can be and yet still be 100% forgettable. James Kendrick of the Q Network Film Desk, I'm assuming affiliation with QAnon. QAnon, it has to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is their, their movie review division. <laughs> they probably have that, right? I mean, like, they uh, have to. <laughs> uh, sure they do. Uh, more so than any other action director, Harlan is able to take mediocre and often outlandishly stupid scripts and punch them up into endlessly watchable guilty pleasure gold. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. Not all. Not this time. <laughs> I will watch the hell out of Ford Fairlight. <laughs> <laughs> and Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight, I'm with you. Hmm. Tell me, Ford Fairlight was amazing. Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who are you talking with this fucking guy over here? <laughs> um, Susan Walker of the Toronto Star gave this film a two out of four. Oh. And she writes... It didn't take much mental power to come up with the plot, eh? <laughs> Fair enough, Susan. I see Betty Jo Tucker of Real Talk Movie Reviews actually gave a fresh review. And she said, The spirit of Agatha Christie hovers over my hunter. I can't even read it straight. The spirit of Agatha Christie hovers over Mindhunters, a suspenseful mystery with plenty of suspects to keep viewers guessing about the identity of a serial killer. Yeah, I, I think of the genius writing of Agatha Christie when I watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Knives out, come on. I'm all about that Mindhunters, baby. <laughs> I've got uh, Dustin Putnam from thefilmfile.com. Uh, he says, There is no necessary tension, no memorable characters, and no sense of fun. Instead, Rennie Harlan just lines up his cast and knocks off their boring asses one at a time. <laughs> right to it. Well, I'm taking a bit of a swerve here, bro. Um, instead of reading an actual critic review, I'm going to actually read the critic's consensus oh. line here, babe, okay. um, from Rotten Tomatoes. Let me tell you what uh, they're all saying, babe. The only reason why I bring this up is because you guys had mentioned Agatha Christie before. The critic's consensus <laughs> listed on Rotten Tomatoes says a retread of 10 little Indians that lacks the source material's wit. A lot less Indians, though. Sean Means of the Salt Lake Tribune says, Director Rennie Harlan ignores logic or coherence, intent on stylishly showing people dying in the most creatively gruesome way possible. That, yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we need to get into the real geniuses here on Rotten Tomatoes. We need to read some of real the genius, audience huh? reviews. Oh, shit, look at that. <laughs> 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 better movie, much better movie. Maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into these audience reviews here. Our first one, this is a pretty brief one, but it's from Patrick S. And he gives Patrick it, Stewart? Uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart. So Patrick Stewart says, interesting movie, good ending, one and a half stars. Okay. I don't get the what? correlation there. Yeah. yeah he, he seems pretty positive right until he gets the star rating in there. <laughs> Um, well, I've got one from Adam R. I'm assuming it's Adam Rabinowitz. Sure. 
Uh, it's this guy I went to high school with. Okay. And <laughs> you're right. Oh, yeah, choppy action movie that could have been made better. A couple of nice twists. Eh, but it wasn't my cup of tea. First and only viewing 714-2019. Two and a half out of stars. Alex K. Yeah, I'm Alex Keaton, obviously. Alex P. Keaton? My <laughs> oh, goodness. He, he dropped the P wow. now that he's an adult. He gave that all up. <laughs> Time so. to grow up, Alex. <laughs> You know, it's a good review when you use the word but twice in the same sentence. Um, enjoyable film, it's not crap, but it's no mind blower, but it's not a waste of time. Four or five stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I've got a wild one here from uh, Adam K. Um, I got nothing for that. I got nothing on that one. <laughs> There's a lot of capital letters. I'm just going to say that right now. Okay. <clears throat> This is fucking cube carbon copy without any cubes whatsoever. Character <laughs> archetypes, music, crappy FX from the time of Cube Zero. They were even lamer. Even the cast is more the same, although it's rather mixed between hypercube and cube. Number one, and I'm reading this review, guys. Black crazy shit guy <laughs> from good to evil shit bad cop cube. Number one. Yes, he says number one again. Smart blonde, psycho, hypercube, handicapped guy, mixed bag, a little savant, and old lady, go figure. Guy who knows too much, duh, reference to the math girl from first cube. Dumb chick, something new, cube zero. Killer, all right, it just doesn't fit to cube thingy, but hell, let's add it to the list. And one more guy I can't recognize just because I ran out of compars. Ending sucks. <laughs> underwater mind battle uck this movie all time low half out of stars i i will see this mr brennan i was listening mm. to your review if you translate into language mm. from old country review makes perfect sense oh okay well thank you milos i'm glad to help uh oh hello mr francis those are nice shoes oh, oh get away from francis don't get away from <laughs> francis do <laughs> not let him on. near your shoes do not let him near well, your what's shoes what's wrong with, what's wrong he's gonna, he's hey, gonna they're, they're just very nice shoes no, uh, no. if you wouldn't mind you could take them off and i would like to look at them oh, sure, possibly sure. i mean uh, i, I don't will mind. give them back where's milos oh hey hello mother superior get back in the car Yes, are you? Re remember, safety word is Hail Mary. Where'd my shoes go? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, we warned you, man. Milos <laughs> took your shoes. Damn it. It's going to be a long walk back. <laughs> it's going to be a long, yes. It's raining out tonight. It's <laughs> across the border, too. <laughs> That's a real problem. <laughs> oh, my God. Where are we? <laughs> I have a review from Martin S., so it's either Martin Sheen or Martin Short. I'm not sure. Yeah, or Martin Sisko, the uncle of the singer Sisko. Okay. <laughs> wow. I think it's Martin Sheen. Oh, okay. Because uh, he, 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 uh, he, well, I mean, him and, him and Charlie, well, Charlie Sheen and Val Kilmer probably would have been kind of friends-ish. He speaks a little kind of glowing. I'm just going to get I mean, they went to their, the same drug dealer, probably. Kilmer could have gotten more screen time. Harlan keeps it together pretty well. Could have explored a few areas deeper, maybe. The use of weaknesses, a, a bit shallow. Coffee, cigarettes, etc. <laughs> Two out of stars. <laughs> was he saying it was as good as the movie Coffee and Cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I've got Chris S., you know, former defenseman for the Phoenix Coyotes, and he is saying... 
with his one one half of five stars. Not even sure what this film was about. Some training program where someone wants to kill the others. <laughs> I think I think you kind of <laughs> nailed it, Chris. <laughs> I, I, I guess he paid attention a little bit. <laughs> uh, this one is from Don C. And Don says, I love this movie. It is a cross between, this is how it's spelled, psychological and horror movies. This is not a slash and hacking movie, although it has a couple of moments about it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I have a review here uh, from Dennis L. I can only assume it's Dennis Leary. Uh, And he writes, this is a disaster of a movie. The acting was bad. The story was bad. Two out of stars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole. Okay. I don't know who Yusef A is, and I'm not going to do a voice to match Yusef A. That's a good idea. <laughs> but he gave four out of five stars. I will attempt to read this phonetically okay. because it's something else. Hi, Dostras. I think you should watch it. It's like you don't who the main culprit is until you see the last scene. That made the movie more special the whole time. You keep on guessing. Four to five. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh Oh, all right. Uh, okay, I've got one more here um, from Clarence C. Clarence Clemens. He says, Mindhunters is a very nice movie. It keeps you guessing till the end, but only if you haven't seen the film yet. <laughs> <laughs> Four stars. I have one that's kind of, kind of confusing. And I think, uh, Brendan, it's, it's someone who wishes they were both of us. Okay. Uh, because it's from super reviewer Brendan N. Wow. Okay. And uh, they write, The film was let down by Harlan at the helm. The filmmaker is a safe choice for the action beats, but the character moments are eye-rolling or time-passing at the best. Val Kilmer and Christian Slater are the only real reasons to watch this film and offer a glimmer of hope, but sadly the overall, overall film is a mess. The concept was interesting and in the right hands could have been a guilty pleasure. I watched this again as I had some downtime and I thought it might have grown into something better. But sadly, it's still the average thriller. It was all those years ago. A mess of storytelling and clearly had some behind the scenes issues that were hard to disguise. There are better thrillers out there. 2903-2019. Review posted July 4th, 2011. Uh, what? Two and a half out of stars. <laughs> he, was, he was holding it for two years? <laughs> or he's a time traveler. Oh, shit. He's a time traveler. Clearly, <laughs> he, he, he watched it in 2019 and went back to 2011 to post it. <laughs> I've got one from Richard M. I don't know who Richard, Richard M. is. But, Richard um, Marks. Sure, Richard Marks. Richard Marks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he says... I was so excited about this movie, but man, it was a big crap sandwich, and the filling was disappointment. <laughs> One star. What? Hold so, on a second. It was a shit sandwich, and you were disappointed with the it's shit almost, that yeah, was the filling. Like, it was a shit sandwich, but I usually enjoy a good shit sandwich. 
<laughs> Bit of a letdown. <laughs> Good lord. All right, well, those are the reviews. Um, Nathan, is uh, is Montrose around to say a, a, a give us a quick little uh, a message here? Montrose Munkington? Okay. He is. Yep. No, I'll get him just a second. <laughs> Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Munkington III here. Uh, and I would like to uh, take this time uh, to uh, invite all of the listeners uh, to, of What Were They Thinking uh, to come over to my YouTube channel, Montrose Munkington TV. Uh, and if you like what you see there, you could be friends with me on Facebook uh, at the group Montrose Munkington III Esquire and Friends. And finally, if you want to tweet me, uh, you can get at me on the Twitter box at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. Thank you. More later, Francis. It was nice to meet you. You as well. That was bananas. Stop it with that. That's not okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went a little ape shit. Awful! I'm a chimpanzee. Thank you. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Let's not monkey around. Let's continue. Better. Uh, so uh, before we get into uh, the plugs, um, we should talk about what's coming up next week. Um, so next week is a pa- another Patreon pick. Uh, so Nathan, do you have a little hintsky for the listeners? I do, actually. Uh, next week, uh, we'll be talking about my old alma mater, where I graduated Naksu Cal. There you go. Well, there you have it. That's what we're going to do next week. Um, and as we're wrapping up here, I uh, want to thank again, uh, Francis. Thank you for coming on to the show. And uh, you also have a podcast. So tell the good people out there where they can find you talking all about Val Kilmer. Sure. Uh, my podcast is KilmerCast, one word, two Ks. And so we are working our way through the filmography of one Val Kilmer. And we are going back and forth from his oldest films to his newest films. And we'll meet in the middle. The final episode will be Spartan. And so every uh, two weeks, a new episode comes out on Saturday. And you can find it in all your regular, uh, you know, friendly neighborhood podcast dealers. And um, please check it out. And um, we got some really fun episodes coming up. Uh, and uh, where are, where can they find you on, uh, like, Twitter and all that stuff? Sure. I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's Francis Rizzo 3 F-R-A-N-C-I-S-R-I-Z-Z-O, number three. So with that being said, you can also find us on all the podcast apps. We're, our home base is ageradio.org slash what were they thinking. Uh, you can find us on uh, any whatever app you use. We're there, I'm sure. I'm sure if you look it up, you'll find us. Sorry, guys. I'm getting tired. <laughs> we're, on, uh, we're on Facebook. Just search for us there. We're on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash WWTT Podcast. You can sign up there as well. Uh, we also have Redbubble, Public, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So I guess, I guess, uh, Nathan, I just have to ask if you, uh, if you, uh, have any questions. I got, I, well, I got some questions. I mean, okay. with a movie, um, that's directed by, I mean, an auteur in Rennie Harlan. I Benjamin mean, Harlan. obviously, <laughs> uh, with a movie like that and you, you have a, you have a, like a star studded ensemble cast uh christian slater and johnny lee miller and clifton collins jr val kilmer ll cool j not Anne hache <laughs> and with a movie where you're basic they're basically retreading 10 little indian indians as we mentioned and and with a movie where you have slater and kilmer 
as your two top billing characters, yet they are gone within the first, what, 20 minutes of the movie? Mm-hmm. I just, yep. I gotta know. Yeah. What were they thinking? You see my hands are standing. You've seen my face before. Soon you can take your last look. And they'll close the door. I stand accused before you. I have no tears to cry. And you will never break me till the day I die. So that was the first crossover between KilmerCast and What Were They Thinking? I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Brendan and Nathan for allowing me to share their show with the Val Pals. And remember, there's more Kilmer goodness to be found on their series, and a whole lot more movie fun and all. So please give them a listen and subscribe. And remember, Brendan is sexy. In our next episode, we'll be watching another Kilmer film we've yet to cover, but which one is it? To be determined. In the meanwhile, please email any thoughts, questions, or comments to KilmerCast at gmail.com and follow the show on Twitter at KilmerCast. For myself and my generous Canadian buds, Brendan and Nathan from Where What They Thinking, thanks for listening and remember to keep it Kilmer. Hey!